0: You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. We talk moto events from around the world. All the injuries, all the training ins and outs, the bikes, parts and gear inspections. The results, we interview your favourite riders, it's the Always Moto Podcast. We occasionally have some coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way. If you don't like it, or you don't agree with us, turn it off, right now. I'd like to
1: remind you that he is not a doctor.
0: That's right Moto fans, I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist and this is episode 94 of the Always Moto podcast brought to you by Lee at Moto Australia. As always, I'm your host, David Hogan. Uh, We're going to be joined later in the show by a couple of different guests and we'll get to them when they come through. The Always Moto podcast, we are in the depths of the clinic throwing strapping tape anywhere it will stick because that's what physios do apparently. As always on the show, we'll be going through all things injury and moto, particularly the injuries in our sport because hashtag injuries are a part of moto. This week's show, we're going to review San Diego, another mud race, not as bad as San Fran but it was still muddy the results the injuries and yes like I said the mud again the emergency department updates we have a few um, this week unlike last week with that big sloppy mud of San Francisco basically meant that nobody hurt themselves when they fell off because they just landed in a puddle of water this week, the mud was a bit different. It was a bit tackier. Um, the speeds were up, like we talked about. When the speeds go down, injuries are less. Speeds were back up a little bit more this time. So there was a few, particularly Press Day brought about some issues that with that dry track where they were actually on pace. So that was an interesting one. So there's a few there in that emergency department. And this week, as always, um, We're meant to do, well, we're going to try and do this today. uh, But as always, our recording is not always in a straight line. So we're going to have our record tomorrow morning. I'm recording late on a Wednesday night here. Uh, So, Thursday morning, um, Aussie time, we're going to have a record hopefully so if it doesn't pop up later in the show you'll see you'll know why do we sort of missed out on it but we're hoping to catch up with uh the number 464 on privateer gas gas in the 250 class he's made two out of three night shows so far this year uh it's going to be doc smith we're catching up with so hopefully we can check in with him about how he's been going through all the mud and how privateer life in california has been keeping uh, treating doc there so we'll check in with doc smith as well so that should be pretty cool Hey Moto fans, this episode is brought to you by Liat Moto Australia, the ultimate gear and protection solution for riders seeking top-notch safety and style. From head to toe, Liat Moto has you covered with innovative helmets, goggles, body armor and much, much more. Ride with confidence knowing you're backed by gear designed by riders for riders. Head over to liat.com.au and gear up for your next ride. All right, we're going to get some of these other um, sponsor reads out throughout the show. So keep an eye on those things. But We're going to make sure we mention right now our merchandise. We need to get some of these T-shirt sales done, guys and girls. Get yourself a T-shirt to rocket your next race. They're $25 plus postage and handling. Uh, You can get yours by emailing info at alwaysmoto.com. Put T-shirt order in the subject line and we'll get in touch by payment via PayPal. Now, using that PayPal, um, much like everybody else uses Patreon, we just got the PayPal account set up as a donation point to keep this show on the road. Uh, if you send in a donation via that PayPal, it helps us immensely. Uh, and we will get you some little goodies sent out as well once we get those things coming through. Um, so please check out the links in the show notes or in our buyers on the social pages. You'll find all the show supporters. We'll get some more of these reads out throughout the show. So be sure to check them out as we go through. Um, but check those links out they'll get you straight to those pages there's special discount codes with most of these places we'll, you'll hear them throughout the podcast um, but yeah get those t-shirt orders in get a donation to the show check out lee at moto.com.au uh, and let's jump into the main part of the show
1: hey it's jake Runkles, and you're listening to the always moto podcast
0: all right let's run this thing off the ground boys and girls welcome to the always moto podcast it's been another race weekend at the ama supercross uh san diego was run another mud round it's amazing that california that place that supposedly doesn't rain has rained twice in two weeks for the events that have been occurring san francisco obviously was a water puddle um, or a swimming pool maybe an Olympic-sized pool. San Fran- San Diego, not so bad, but still bad enough that, you know, it's not a regular racetrack. It was sloppy, slippery. We had guys getting lapped. We had so yeah. many lapped riders, it was not funny. I ha- well, it was funny, actually, because I has to laugh. So many of people in that motocross and supercross fight club group on social media, on Facebook, uh, last week were giving it to Jet because, obviously, he'd won the opening round and then got lapped in the mud. Uh, in San Francisco and they were all sort of jumping on the bandwagon the jet you know wasn't as good as they all thought he was but guess what happened the week after Chase Sexton got lapped Eli Tomac got lapped Ken Rockson got lapped Uh, there's quite a few guys getting lapped um, this season and yeah just it's just sort of shows goes to show that it goes around comes around sort of situation but yeah the big winner from San Diego in the mud, and I mentioned last week, was it lucky or just, you know, mud luck, a good rider or not? Well, Aaron Plessinger, good mud rider apparently, got it done. But in all of this, it is a bit of luck involved. Like I said last week, goggle malfunctions, you know, starts. Your ability to pick a line around a lap rider that's fallen down all that sort of stuff is just a bit of luck in a mud race but ap7 he got that win that he fought fi- that he threw away in detroit he finally did it he's got the monkey off the back will that mean he has more in the tank i don't know we'll have to see how he performs in a dry situation but maybe if there's another moist situation we say moist uh maybe he gets it done but AP7, a race winner in the 450 class in AMA Supercross. So pretty impressive there for Aaron Plessinger and KTM and Jay Dungy, first 450 Supercross win for his mechanic, Jay Dungy as well. Now, quite um, not quite the list that his brother Ryan has there, but uh, at least he's got one. He's working on, on two now. So we'll see how that all works out for him. So well done to Aaron Plessinger. Nate Thrasher was the winner in the 250 class. Uh, good work for Nate he managed to work his way through the pack obviously a few different leaders in that event there uh, RJ Hampshire Garrett Marchbanks Um, but Nate managed to be the one on the final lap taking the checkered flag now Garrett Marchbanks was probably a little unlucky to not get that win that one little moment with the lap rider where he sort of had to get stood up in the rut uh, lost a little bit of time let Nate get to him and ultimately make the pass Without that happening, I don't feel like Garrett loses that race. Um, But again, this is what I was saying before. The luck aspect of the mud race comes into it. Yes, Garrett was riding really well. Yes, he was a good mud rider. There's an aspect of luck. He caught a lapper in a deep rut that he couldn't just move out of as simply as he thought. He thought the lapper was going to progress through the rut better than he did. He didn't. He hit the back of him, had a little bit of contact, stood him up, stopped him for a couple of seconds. That's all it took for Thrasher to get to the back of him and then be able to make a move on him, I think it almost in the next lane, uh, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, look, Nate Thrasher got it done. Garrett Marchbanks, um, it was a bit of, again, a bit of a sloppy round for Shimoda, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, still not the start to the season that we would expect from the new HRC rider there, but, um, yeah, just a bit of a... Bit of an interesting round. Now, if we go on the interesting side of things, there's a few different aspects and obviously lots of the media outlets have touched on these things in terms of the Chase Sexton being lapped by Cooper Webb or passed by Cooper Webb when lapped and they made contact. I think that was a little bit of a racing incident. Both sort of are a little bit at fault there. The track's a little bit at fault again the mud and the luck conversation but I think Chase thought he was going to get through that corner a lot quicker than he actually did and or that he wasn't expecting Cooper to maybe go that inside line so I think that was just a bit of a racing incident yes he probably could have made more of an effort to get out of the way sooner but he's in a in a chase for the title hunt he's trying to make points he's trying to not lose too much time on that track and trying to boost himself up one or two more positions so I can see what his point of view is but I can also see Cooper's So that one was there. The interesting one for me is the fact that Eli Tomac managed to run pace behind Aaron Plessinger. Now, here's an interesting thought that I don't think anybody else has sort of mentioned. Yes, he was right behind Aaron Plessinger and potentially blocking, roosting his teammate in in second place in Cooper Webb. But what happens here to Eli Tomac, say, if by pushing, putting, riding behind Aaron Plessinger for that, you know, three, four laps, whatever it was... He's obviously getting blue flags because he's lapped and he's going to have Cooper right behind him who was only a second or so behind him. So he should have moved over for him. But if he's riding right behind Aaron Plessinger and forces Aaron Plessinger into a mistake because he's mistaken Aaron uh, Eli for Cooper and Aaron throws that win away, is Eli in trouble for not obeying blue flags or is it seen as Aaron just made a mistake? that's a different take on all this that i don't know if anybody else has thought of and maybe that's not that's something that needs to be addressed because you can't just have a lapped rider sitting between first and second for multiple laps and potentially pressuring first place and you know trying to unlap themselves in a supercross race like that i don't think that you're not going to unlap yourself and then get yourself back up to a point where you can you know, podium, win that race. That's pretty rarely never going to happen. I think there needs to be a bit more of an effort for these guys to be moved out of the racing line and maybe that comes down to the, you know, like a central communication point in the helmets by a race control that says, you know, press a button, you're talking to the number three Yamaha, press another button, you're talking to the number seven, um, you know, KTM and you're informing them that, you know, Eli Tomac, Please move to the left of track. You are being lapped. Uh, failure to do so result in a you know 10-second stop-go penalty in the pit lane. Um, or Aaron Plessinger, the rider behind you, is actually lapped. Please um, disregard the the rider behind you or something along those lines. Do you know what I mean? I think the first option you don't want to be talking to Aaron telling him there's a lap rider on his ass. That'll just get him flustered. But you should be definitely talking to the lap rider, telling him to get out of the way. And failure to do so within a lap will result in like a you know a stop go penalty or something. So something that they could consider here. Um, suggestions from the Always Moto podcast. All right, let's um let's get into the other controversy and a bit of a WTF all around. Um, it's gone from one point of escalation to another this week, thanks to social media. Social media is a great application when you would used correctly, but sometimes in recent past writers have maybe gone on and had a little too much to say or a little bit of a, you know, passive aggressive move towards other people. Now I don't really care for either points of view on this one. Um, it should have been just a gentleman's agreement between the two of them post-race to when they've cooled down that it was a bit of a stupid idea on both their parts. But the Jet Lawrence, Jason Anderson situation seems to be continuing to you know, grow legs and move somewhere. Obviously, Jet was unhappy with Jason's riding. I think Jason was just taking that veteran aspect and fighting for his position as much as he could. Could as he should, he was in fifth place in the race at the time. He should not just be rolling over to anybody. Doesn't matter who it is. Um, Jet needs to unfortunately learn that in the 450 class that people aren't just going to move over for him. Um, They are going to run him hard and block his lines and potentially move over on him and you know run him high in a berm. This is going to be the norm in the 450 class. But. I can see both points of view that they were both upset with each other. Jet, obviously, that Jason was sort of running in and blocking those lines that he and taking the good lines so he couldn't get past him. Jason, that he got a bit of a rough block pass on Jet um, at the end that um, Jet gave to him. So I can see why they were both upset and then obviously having a bit of a helmet grab moment. That was a bit humorous, but from the AMA's point of view, fineable because it's obviously bringing the sport into disrepute because it was caught on TV. But even if it wasn't caught on TV, it was in the stadium where all the spectators could still see it. So it's still unfortunately bring the sport into disrepute and should be taken out of that. Obviously, if it happened outside of the grounds, that's a different story. But then it is a very different story. They're probably going to be in the police and in the news for that side of things So, and still bringing the sport into disrepute. So, But the fact that it's gone beyond that and there's now apologies on social media, apparently issued by managers, not writers, and then so other writers talking about that fact, um, it just gets a bit muddy and I'm not sure that this relationship is going to go too well moving forward. Um, so we have to watch that with interest. I'm very much myself looking forward to both of their interviews that I'm sure the TV crew is going to chase them for this weekend in Anaheim too to get their opinions on both the situations and on each other. And I'll be interested to see how their responses go uh, and whether, whether they can both be men about it or whether they both have a grudge about it. We'll see how that plays out. And then who, if they do have a grudge, who saws whose front wheel off first? <laughs> we'll have to watch, get the popcorn ready, people. We'll have to watch and wait and see. Now, moving on to something else a bit closer to my heart. We're into the injury side of things. We're not in the emergency department just yet, but we'll get there later in the show. But we're heading into a bit of a department of the press releases that have come out and I check these regularly I'm on the list for most of these teams nowadays uh, checking these things for updates on the writers and on obviously little bits and pieces that I can talk about here on the show now interesting enough the Kawasaki press releases have always been a bit of an interesting read from my side of things I've even reached out to them and asked them to put a bit more content in them because they've always been just a bit lacking in certain areas And from my description, I'd call it just a little bit with a one eye or rose-colored glasses on because they always seem to be on the positive end of things and eliminate, not just not mention, but eliminate certain aspects of what happened on an evening, which is obviously their right to do so. They're the ones putting it out and writing it. But I find that the contrast in that is the Honda press releases where they just include everything. It's fantastic. It's just a bullet point of this happened, that happened, that happened, that happened. We don't care the re- reasons for or why they happen. They just these are things that happened, and then they have a blurb about it from like a you know a quote from each of the riders and team manager etc. But the t- Cowie one is is different. Obviously, Max Volen went down um, in right after our last post- podcast, I believe, midweek, and and has an injury now. Unfortunately, that is not being communicated yet. There's been no mention of Max Volan in any of the Kawasaki press releases outside of the one that he was missing the round to confirm what his injury is and what the nature of the time is. Now, obviously, they might not have all those details at hand, but they will know enough that it's a hip, a knee, a ankle, a shoulder, whatever it is. I might have mentioned there that it was the hip on the first one that I went to because that is what we believe that it might be. But we don't have any confirmation of that. There's nothing to say that it's, oh, it's, we're investigating a potential hip injury or a potential knee injury. They don't mention that. They don't even have him listed in the press release at all this week. It's amazing that he's just been omitted from all Kawasaki communications, which is a bit of a concern for me. I would like them to just to update and say, Max Volan, you know, has sustained a potential hip injury uh, and he's undergoing investigations and he will be out for the foreseeable future we'll update you further as we have more details and then the following one when they do have that in a week or two's time max has got a xyz fracture of xyz area he'll be out for 6 weeks we'll see him at this we expect to see him at around this round or back for motocross or whatever it ends up being right like just give a general point like i do in my press in my emergency department article on fullnoise.com.au Just give that general information about where they're up to and how that recovery is going. Whether they're using something like a slant board that we have here at the Always Moto podcast in our training regimes to help with knees and stuff like that to get stronger legs. Maybe he's using a slant board that we would like him to to find out about and they could talk about it in the press releases. We don't know. Um, But yeah, it's just amazing how they get admitted. But yes, look, on that slant board... Funnily enough, I was moving into my read there for the slant board guy and getting stronger legs on on the on the slant board for your bike and all that sort of things and using the code always moto in lowercase to check out. But it reminded me that actually Chase Sexton this week was seen on a slant board guy slant board training in the gym. So if it's good enough for the AMA Supercross champ, it's good enough for you people out there, but you need to use the code always moto so that you get a discount. And so that we've got, because we've got that affiliate deal in place, it helps support us. So check out chase um hit him up he's obviously using it um, maybe he knows a bit more about it but it's a very cool piece of equipment very simple um, but yeah he's using it there now the other thing that's interesting in that kawasaki press release is that there is no mention of that anderson versus jet situation either that's just omitted from the evening's uh, activities as well for kawasaki the other thing that's not mentioned Adam Cincirullo um, was on an interview with Kellen Brower post-race. So well done, Kellen, for getting this because I hadn't heard it anywhere else at this point. Um, so well done, Kellen, of Racer X there. AC mentioned in his interview to him that he has a bit of an issue with a hand or finger injury that happened at Anaheim One when he was bumped into with, with Jorge Prado. Nobody else knows about that. It's not in any of the Kawasaki press releases. It should be. It would explain a lot. Adam hasn't really had great results. He's been kind of missing in action, I would say. for He's not really a fast qualifier. There's no real heat race flashes. He's just sort of there and there in the background, making his way to the mains and stuff, but nothing crazy. And that probably explains Why? But why wouldn't Cowie mention that and explain why their rider is not having a great time of it at the moment is because he's riding through an injury. And again, that goes to the point that then points out that, well, he's actually a pretty tough dude. He's riding through an injury. Well done, Adam Sincerele. Everyone get a bit more respect for him. But at this point in time, if that is a confirmed injury eventually, because even on that interview, it was sort of, Adam didn't really know what he was saying about, whether it was a finger or a hand, uh, which I found funny too. But yeah, it's just a bit, bit odd that the cow he doesn't mention it now let's move to that honda one in the honda points they they talk about everything it's amazing i, I like reading the honda prs the interesting part that i picked up on this and it sort of goes to show with what's happened since those mud rounds have kicked in lars's comment lars lindstrom the honda team manager points out that the team had very poor starts that was his quote very poor starts And for me, that hits now right on the head and exposes a problem that I think they've had for a little while. They don't have a good start map for a wet, great start. Outdoors, they obviously were killing it with Jet. Jet getting starts from anywhere, anytime. Didn't matter what he did, he got a good start. So far, you watch Joe Shimoda, you watch Jet and Hunter, they are spinning up excessively, bike going sideways even off the grate when it's wet. They're not driving through the middle of the start straight. They're sort of rushing into the end and trying to take those inside gates, which is a horrible scenario. I don't like that. You always get pinched off. Unless you're the guy that gets there first, you get pinched off. Yes, you might be able to sneak around and come out mid-pack, but you're not coming out better than that. And they've been going for that as a safety route. I think Honda has a bit of an issue with these wet grates and needs a different starting map that they don't currently have. Maybe it goes with something that I mentioned last week about the lower or the lowering or changing of the height of the start button, the whole shot button. Maybe it's still too low and that's what's giving not enough pressure onto the rear tyre. But something maybe with the mapping that it's letting the bike get to a too high RPM and spinning that tyre on that wet grate. Maybe they're not keeping the tyre dry enough, maybe they're not drying the grate enough. There's something that they could be doing probably to make this better. Um, But yeah, that was an interesting comment that Lars hit it on the head, so he's obviously aware of it. We'll have to see when they next have a wet grate, if they've managed to do anything about it to fix it. Because two rounds in a row now it hasn't been good starts for HRC. And this week heading to a triple crown at Anaheim too. Hopefully it's not raining. We'll talk about that later at the end of the show about what the forecasts are for the weekend. But hopefully they can get some good starts. They've got three main event race starts to get themselves in the mix. Um, only so much they can do once they get on the track. And if they had had better starts, maybe that Jet and Anderson – situation wouldn't have occurred because he would have been in front of him if he had had a better start. Something to think about. All right. Uh, let's have a quick look here. Let's go into some other interesting notes. This uh, one is that the first three rounds of the series, if we include this one this weekend, uh, let's just go with the three. The first three rounds, we've had two right-hand corners as a start corner. The first corner, right-hander. Twice, twice two of three rounds. It's insane. We went for so long without having a right hand corner. And then we have two in the first three rounds, but I checked the rest of the track maps, people. There's not one for the rest of the series. So go figure. I I don't know what the go is there. They've just jammed them in at the start to get them out of the way. Maybe as a bit of a tester, um, maybe they knew Jorge Prado was coming and they wanted to screw things up and maybe not get make it so he couldn't get as many hole shots. I don't know. bit of a conspiracy theory that one. That's my own theory. Um, but yeah, none for the rest of the season. And we never had any for ages in the series because that was deemed as being dangerous. So go figure. We've had two in the first three rounds. None for the rest of the series. All right, let's uh let's take a quick break here on the Always Motor podcast. We might actually just let you know that endurance recovery boots are still maximizing your training by getting you recovered before each and every session. Those boots are super easy to use. Pressure in the in the in the compartments, make your legs relax, makes you feel a lot better. My ad, I've, my video is being used by them as an ad currently across their social media platform. So it's always funny when I see myself on an ad nowadays. Uh, so that's quite cool. But if you want to get a set of endurance recovery boots to maximize that training of yours, which you should be doing, Use the code ALWAYSMOTO and lowercase to checkout to save, uh, but check out those links in our bios on our social media pages to get yourself a set of endurance recovery boots. All right, let's take a quick break on the ALWAYSMOTO podcast. We're going to come back. We're going to come back with the ALWAYSMOTO contractor. He's back for this episode to talk some fantasy. And we're also going to have Lachlan, our fantasy maestro, who's managed to come up with our bootleg version of the ALWAYSMOTO podcast fantasy league so that we can continue to do a pulp mx version um, so we'll have these guys on we'll be back with them we'll talk some fantasy for the always motor fantasy league
1: hey what's up guys it's scott meshe number 411 and you're listening to the always moto podcast
0: all right guys and girls joining us this week uh to explain a little bit about this bootleg fantasy that we've got going on We've got the man behind all of this, and we've also got our Always Moto contractor, Benny, on the line. We're going to have a bit of a chat about the Always Moto Fantasy Bootleg League. Um, We've got Lachlan on the line. We've got Benny on the line as well, the contractor. How are we doing, guys?
2: Yeah, all good, Dave.
0: (laughs) Yeah, good, good. Good to uh, chat to you guys. Yeah, appreciate it uh, for coming on, Lachlan, and um, appreciate all the work you've been doing behind the scenes when um, Polk pretty much not died but had a heart attack at least let's say at the start of the um season here we we're all sort of scrambling in the uh places that you couldn't play pulp mx anymore for fantasy things and obviously benny's been a rocky mountain fan for a while i don't quite like that one but because he usually beats me in it but um we all sort of had that pulp fantasy league last year that we all had you know we had over 100 players in it. i think benny at, at that end of that point and you know sponsors and things all sort of associated with it we didn't know what to do and Lachlan came to the rescue and, and managed to make out what we've, I've been referring to as the bootleg league, because it's a bit underground here, um, and off to the side. But Lachlan, mate, you've um, you've pulled something together for us, and it's, it's a pretty sweet version of a Pulp MX fantasy for us here in Australia. <laughs> yeah, uh,
3: thanks. I um, yeah, I mean, when the news came out, I sort of was, I think, surprised at first, as uh, most people were, and... Um, went through the different stages of grief of you know acceptance and everything else and then I sort of thought, Well, you know, like you said, there's there's the other game out there like RM, but I'm a bit the same as you, I seem to do no good at that. It's it's all or nothing. And, you know, so much happens in those races that it's really hard to pick the top. And then I sort of thought, well, you know, maybe, you know, a year of not playing fantasy and just sort of enjoying the races for what they are would be good and sort of, you know, let it go for a few days and sort of started thinking, you know, well, how hard would it be to, to kind of set something up just to kind of do a bit of a rough rough cow, I can see if the guys that participated last year were interested, and yeah, sort of thought about it a bit, ended up actually contacting Marks on uh, Instagram, and he was good enough to get back to me, and sort of said, well, you know, that it didn't seem to have any issues with sort of replicating the arrangement, um, obviously, the uh, there isn't really an alternative for us at the moment, so uh, yeah, sort of got a, a blessing, I guess you'd say, and um, yeah, just sort of sat down and sort of uh, have a bit of a go at setting it up, and planned to just sort of have, have a go and spend 20 minutes looking at it and a few hours later uh, there it was and um yeah pretty uh i didn't really know if it was going to work until we had the first round but uh, has gone off without a hitch i think had a couple of hiccups but all in all pretty good
0: yeah look i would have to say it's it's pretty smooth from my side of things benny i don't know how you've gone so far but i was quite impressed one when i first saw it even before it was in use but um any of the entering of the the tips and and the scores and everything works pretty nicely.
2: Yeah, well, I had the same thought as uh, Lachlan. You know, maybe just uh, give fantasy for a miss, <laughs> a miss for a year, and um, see if you know we get an update next year and just play uh, the RM fantasy one. But uh, then the idea came into the group chat, and I said, "Well, if you're going to do it, sign me up <laughs> straight <laughs> away because I'm a sucker for punishment." Um, but yeah, it's basically exactly like you're on the website we're just yeah in a in a different form and we can just go in click everyone everything's there exactly the same as a website so it's come up really um really really nice
0: hey Lachlan did you like obviously you said it took a couple of hours you built this did you literally start from scratch or did you have something else that you sort of maybe part you know part built off of or did, was this just a blank google sheet essentially at the start and you've just gone nuts on it
3: yeah yeah it was uh, just from complete scratch nice. i um
0: yeah have um i mean i
3: don't actually have an it background i'm a i'm an engineer and sort of did some you know use excel at uni and sort of things Just do so i had had some experiences with some different formulas but uh, yeah sort of, sort of built it up from scratch in terms of how it all pulls the scores together and things but um thankfully the way the whole site is set up um you know, the, the data is accessible and that was sort of why I reached out to Mark to make sure there wasn't any issues with us Sort of using it. So that makes the, the, the week-to-week process pretty easy But uh, yeah, in terms of how it's all set up and the uh, way the team has selected and stuff on the on the sheet was From scratch, but you know, thankfully it's it's um, really sort of set one round up and then just copied across all 17 And hopefully um, Maybe into pro motocross as well, depending how pulp go with getting it back online
0: yeah, obviously they've had some interesting issues. It sounds from the updates that I've been still listening to from them, but they 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 don't sound like it's going to happen internationally. They might get a few more states of, of of America playing, but yeah, I think for us internationals for a little while we might be shit out of luck, as they say. So <laughs> at least we have this. Um, obviously, like we said, uh, Benny mentioned too. Like you know, there's a few other games out there. I just don't find them as interesting for some reason, and this one just seems to work for me in terms of like you're looking at the whole field. So that whole bit that everybody talks about with that, that was playing it, um, you know, you're actually looking for the different parts of the, the field. You're not just looking at the top five. You sort of get to know more about the other riders. And obviously for myself being, you know, contacting a lot of these guys these days to get updates from them. It sort of gives me a bit more understanding of where they've been finishing too. Cause I'm paying attention to more than just, you know, who won the race last week, which is awesome. Um, And, Benny, you probably feel much the same in terms of, you know, you're looking at the whole field and understanding, learning more about the different riders as well.
2: Yeah, well, that's right. You know, we've, the last few years playing it, you sort of look at people that you probably wouldn't have looked at, um, you know, racing the LCQ in both classes and, um, you know, getting angry when they they don't get the points because you decided to, you know, go for a 16 handicap Um, but yeah, it, it keeps, you know, you can still sort of look at those people and keep an eye on them. But uh, in saying that, not that the, um, coverage seems to be showing many people in the LCQ back from fourth position this year, which is a bit disappointing, but, um, yeah, you can still keep an eye on it in the fantasy. Yeah, you
0: definitely can. Now, Lachlan, did you have the first round? Were you like on stress watch or were you okay when this, you know, was happening for round one and you, you know, this had to sort of work at that point?
3: Uh, well, I think the most stressful part of A1 to me was watching Max Miller in the last corner of the LCQ, <laughs> going outside <laughs> and just leaving it wide open. I'm not one for yelling at the TV, but uh, yeah, sort of. Got the heart rate going, Yeah, yeah, in that yeah one, the family yeah. sort of looking at me, but um, yeah, that was probably the worst part of A1 to me, but um, no, it all went pretty well. I think I was probably more excited to, yeah, see, um, like I said, once we actually had some results, how it all worked out and had a couple of hiccups with um Getting the FFLs to to work right, but um, yeah, otherwise it went pretty pretty smoothly. I mean pretty smoothly for me. I um, didn't have Hunter or Phil, um, so I didn't get caught up with either of those surprising DNFs. But Lucky uh, everyone else everyone else had at least one of them. So yeah. um, I promise that was not
0: rigged. But, uh... <laughs> hey, who's pol- I just <laughs> thought of that. Who's policing you on this side of things? <laughs> oh, um,
3: I uh, self policing, I suppose. Very but, honest
0: uh, man, man over here, I'm, Ben. I'm... We've got to trust this bloke with our, with our <laughs> uh, winning league here.
2: Well, you he said to me through the week, uh, because I, I had a bit of a problem myself, and um, you yeah, know, I accidentally picked someone because it's possible in this you know you can pick someone one week and then pick them again it sort of just goes off an honesty system and i accidentally picked ken roxon twice in a row and i said look i said i know how to change it it was too late (laughs) and you know it's just it's an honesty thing so we've all just got to sort of uh yeah we got to. yeah it's
0: all right i just checked where he's where Lach- Lachlan's actually coming, and I'm assuming Locke is your actual name in this league at this point, but uh, you're behind me, so it's okay for now. I'll, yeah. I'll, let, you, I'll let it slide.
3: Yeah, I was um, quite worried that I might be sitting at the top early on and people <laughs> ask questions, but, uh, yeah, like I said, I'll, uh, I'm reluctant to, to, um, to, well, can't sad bag too many rounds, otherwise I'll end up going backwards. But I had a shocker last week, so I think that should prove... Uh, but there's nothing questionable
0: going on. Oh, what I hear, Benny, is he's just—he's uh, just setting us up for failure. He's going to come home with, you know, massively at the end of the season when nobody thinks <laughs> nobody's watching.
2: Well, he could go in and just edit some scores, so you know, it could be possible.
0: Oh look, I think I might have to tag the con, make the contractor work. You might have to get him to screenshot each week, make sure there's been no no alterations later on. <laughs> uh, no, look, uh, we trust no. you it's until until you win, we trust you. So you know.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well that's it. I'll, um, well, if I do change scores, I might be dialing myself down just to make sure I'm a few points back in a second or something. <laughs> to kind of fly under the radar. But uh, uh, no, I I, um, I think, yeah, as I just sort of said, it can be changed at any time. And I was sort of expecting some people might be trying to do some last-minute team tweaks um, at, at or around cut-off time. But uh, haven't had anyone do it yet, which has been good, um, yeah. despite me incorrectly working out the, the cut-off time last week so i've uh, allocated the timekeeping duties now that to, to bernie to, to keep on top of me
0: yeah i did notice that post just before we got on here and um look that's you know that, that that's a part of the problem with um the different time zones we're working over here that you'll probably get that wrong occasionally but um yeah that's minor in the big scheme of things but um Look, I I think for the fact of the that this is all going through our Always Motor group chat. Basically, uh, everyone who's playing is within that. Um, it's sort of we don't know everybody personally, but everybody's been in that group for a while now, so. You know, obviously they're all just happy to be playing the game, so I think they're honest in that. But obviously, as it, as if we pick up more players later on, um, maybe a motocross time or something like that, you know, might be a bit different. But um, for now, it's okay. And obviously, we we lost a fair bit of players, Benny, from um, last year's setup because obviously it was very easy. We had international players as well to sign up to the pulp thing, um, and we didn't get much chance to advertise this one starting out. We're only down. How many we got? I think we got about. 12, 13 or something running at the moment, Benny. So it's a fair, fair difference in numbers this year in the fantasy league for Always Moto.
2: Yeah, well, we got. Um, what did we get up to? 110, 120, whatever it was last year, and then uh, yeah, it's pretty dis, you know, pretty disappointing. But it is, you know, it is what it is, and uh, I think what we've got so far isn't um, isn't too bad. But uh, yeah, maybe before motocross, we can yeah try and and get some more people but um your favorite league the uh rm Fantasy one we've got 30 people in that so um you know both leagues sort of have some numbers in them
0: yeah look that's grown really nicely considering obviously i think it was just you and i in it last year that we had we didn't actually advertise that one as such um to join um we kind of got forced to this year um but yeah look there's numbers in in both sides which is good but um yeah, we'll have to see how we go. We'll get a chance, obviously, to see what's happening a bit more with the Pulp MX side of things he- leading into the outdoors, and uh, we might make a bit more of a push then. We'll start doing some Instagram posts as well. I was considering even still, as long as Lachlan's not going to shoot me with this one, but just still opening people up to come and join this one. Obviously, they won't be in the overall scoring as such, but they can still join it with each post that we make. I'm going to start making some weekly ones, so we'll um, yeah, see what we can do and get those numbers back. Back to where we maybe had them before, and just sort of help promote things here with uh, Always Moto and a couple of the sponsors in Coastal Motorcycle Centre and and Helltech Australia is going to come back on board. They're still working on it, Benny. You've and and Lachlan, you would have seen um, Paul in our group chat. He's that running around with Helltech as his tag there, but he's he's a good bloke, but he's also hasn't got his product out and about just yet but he's he's been good enough to um, say that he's going to when it is available he's going to run back and check out the last year's league winner and um and and hook him up so it's um pretty nice to see that side of things and we're happy to have him on board with with the uh always motor fantasy league so that's awesome
2: yeah no it's really good um you know we've I think there's a few people from last year that probably still haven't um even claim their prizes because you were having some difficulties with that. But, yeah, for him to, uh, you know, say that he'll give uh, give the winner one of when they come out is, um, yeah, it's really good of him to do that.
0: Yeah, on that, actually, there's still some slack asses that I've messaged that have never messaged me back. So if you want your prize, there's a message in your inbox. Um, feel free to re- reply to it. But for now, I'm not chasing you. I've done my part. You can come back to me. So it is what it is. But um, all right, so let's boys, let's let's have a look at this league uh, and the and the and like the bootleg league. We're not going into Rocky Mountain right this second, but the uh, overall so far, it's been a bit of a. I, I had a shocker at the opening round, um, but I've picked up myself since then. Um, but it's been a bit of a turnaround. There's been a couple of moves up and down. At the moment, the leader is on six twenty one points, and it's Dillaway out front. He's had a pretty consistent first few rounds. Um, Dobson one ten is running in second in six ten, and Jonesy seventy nine is in third on five sixty nine. But it's actually a three way tie. This is pretty insane. There's three. I don't know how three people have got exactly the same scores, but um, yeah, Jonesy Mosebuild and Mitch Jones are all um, tied for third. So it's pretty tight there. But Benny, where are you? Where are you on this scoreboard, mate?
2: Uh, I think I'm in twelfth, uh, which is roundabout right for me usually.
0: <laughs> i was just setting you up for failure but it, it is what it is um but Lockie, you're doing not too bad mate you're uh just behind myself i'm on 569 you're at five what am i looking at five oh no i'm 541 sorry and then you're 522 um so not too bad of scores for yourself opening up your last round well, not so good by the looks of it
3: yeah last round was a shocker i got a bit bit um a bit too eager with my picks and ended up with six guys in the main so i'm yet to get eight in so um I'll need to probably tidy that up if I'm going to have any hope of, of that, staying
0: at the top. That is a very difficult thing to do this year, it seems. Last year, I went all but one round in Supercross, getting eight guys in, and that was only screwed on that one round by picking somebody who had that. It was um, Simonson got that uh, fake lap time, and then they cut him off from it. So he you know got a shit gate pick, didn't make it, and all that. So that was the only one I missed out on. This year, I've missed Hunter Lawrence as the first obvious one at the first round, and um, Can't There was Dylan Walsh as well at the first round. I I missed out on checking that he got an injury. Funny enough, I missed out on him getting picked for an injury. (laughs) Couldn't believe that one. Um, And I can't remember who I've missed at the next few, but I've missed one at each of the other rounds as well, um, purely just through stupidity and qualifying, only having two, like not having two qualifying sessions, which really sort of annoyed me because I haven't always been able to look right at checkout, uh, like at the closure time to make sure my picks are all good. So... It's a bit of a frustration on that side of things for me. Yeah, I think uh, I was
3: a bit the same as you. I think we both got tempted into Derek Drake this week. But, um, yeah, I think there was a bit of that going on. And I think, you know, the slot throws in a bit of an extra variable and you get a bit tempted. Last week I had five guys with a 12-plus handicap, which – didn't go too well, but a few of them came off of me, which is nice. So, yeah, I think the first week only one team had eight in the main and surprise, surprise, it was the winning team. So it mm. goes to show that it's not necessarily about the, the um, biggest handicaps. Sometimes just eight in the main mantra will do just what you need.
0: Yeah, definitely. Now, Benny, you've had some little uh, issues using this, the, um, the the spreadsheet. What, what was your question for Lachlan on, on the technical side of things of entering your team, mate?
2: Well, I've been doing it on the phone and I'm just now just looking on the computer for the first time Um, but I don't know if that makes a difference but Somehow I managed to put my team into round four and not to round three and So I moved everything up, but then I was trying to clear round four just in case it like messed with You know because there was two teams just in case it messed with the system and in that, I then accidentally picked Kenny because I was too worried about trying to clear the round four. I didn't look up and realise that I'd picked him the week before. So is there an easy way to clear the team four or to stop us from being able to do that? That's uh, just so it doesn't happen again.
3: I'm not too sure about the clearing. I think, like you said, I think sometimes it can be harder to edit on a phone. But uh, I had it set up that you can enter and change your team for the current week and any upcoming weeks. But uh, what I'll do now just to try and help alleviate that issue in the future is I'll just change it that you can only edit the current week um, on each week just to make sure that... Um, yeah, no one's getting caught out with, with that, like you said, because I think on a phone it can be hard to see which week you're looking at. So hopefully that helps to uh, mitigate the issue from anyone else. But, uh, yeah, I think like we said before, I think you're getting the integrity award for last week for um, yeah, realising you <laughs> issue, but uh, not trying to do a sneaky change too late. So uh, what goes around comes around, so hopefully you get some good karma next week.
2: Yeah, yeah well, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well I, I picked it. I picked Kenny again and I saw it and I was past the 12 o'clock or whatever time it was because I was too worried about trying to clear the fourth round. And I was just like, well, I've already picked him now. <laughs> it is what it is. He's, I can't change it. So, um, yeah, hopefully this week we might get some uh, good points.
0: Is there – this is this is my dumb question, but is there a way at some point at 12.30 that you can actually just hide the entire game, like the entire spreadsheet? <laughs>
3: Uh, I don't think so. I kind of looked at what I could do in terms of completely locking it out, but there's no easy way. But, um, yeah, because it's on Google Sheets, um, it basically every time someone changes anything, it updates and kind of saves a version. So uh, basically the the plan is, and I haven't had to do this yet um, because everyone's been very well behaved, but uh, if anyone is making changes after the cutoff, then I'll just basically wind it back to whatever... The um the data was at the time of cutoff, so uh, you yeah, can't yeah. take it offline. But I can basically go back to whatever it was
0: at the cutoff time. Yeah, nice. The hand of God can come into play, and you can uh, just wipe <laughs> that out. Yeah, nice, lovely, lovely, lovely. Now I've got a question for you too on that technical side of things. Um, and this is just those stupid things that you just used to. I always feel like because you, you should be looking for a save button to make sure that the team's in, but like you just explained about the, the Google Sheets, it sort of just does it. Um, you know makes a version of it once you're done you don't actually actually have to save it as such do you to to block your team in once there's a name in the box it's there
3: yeah correct yeah auto saves but um yeah i mean if you're i mean if anyone's unsure shooting any point just click mm-hmm. me a dm i'm sort of happy to to um put on the it support hat
0: Nice. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that doesn't happen to too much. and hopefully at some point I'm assuming you're not going to be able to be sitting there watching it you know live as such, and hopefully it all runs smoothly when those when those instances come about.
3: Yeah, I mean, like I said, it has been pretty good so far. It's um just a fairly quick exercise at the end of each week, but um I somewhat selfishly, don't look at the scores until after i've watched all the main events just to avoid any spoilers so it means it's it's some weeks it's probably going to get updated pretty late on the sunday but uh you always get done
0: uh and that's from my side i think that's completely fine because i i sort of have the same problem you know the group chats they're going nuts about the the event and i'm not in front of a tv so i'm not looking at the group chat i'm not looking at socials for a good four or five hours sometimes longer after you know, after the event's been done, uh, until I watch it, I'm not. Try- I'm trying to avoid knowing what's going on, so I completely understand that side of things. And I think everybody can appreciate the fact that, one, we've actually got this game going, uh, and two, they can wait. You know, until Monday to or Tuesday to, you know, see what the score was. They don't have to know there. And then, uh, unfortunately, it's not Bolt MX. It's not live. It's um, it is just a spreadsheet run by one man, just one man. Lochman is our man. <laughs> Uh, that's so it. that's all good, man. Um, now, let's let's have a quick look. Benny, you're the uh, Rocky Mountain man. Um, how is the things in Rocky Mountain? I honestly have forgotten to pick twice now. It just hasn't even crossed my mind. So my score is terrible. I don't even know where I am. But I have looked up the, uh, the leaders at this point. So who are our leaders, Benny? Have you got that handy?
2: Um, so we've got Levi Lane on 127 points uh walsh banger on 124 and i think it's full toe 29 on 112 and then um 325 motorsports in fifth with 100
0: have you checked out where you are yourself is benny you you seem to like the rocky mountain game so i'm assuming you're doing well
2: well you considering that you said you just forgot to pick twice um i'm not even going to mention my score (laughs) 'Cause I've picked all three and um I've got less points than you. Well
0: that's fantastic from my side of things. I am loving it now. Let's let's get involved with Rocky Mountain fantasy. <laughs> oh, Lock, are you playing that one too, mate? Are you in there?
3: Yeah, I am. I uh struggle to work out how how the rankings work, but I've just had a quick look. I am seventy points, so I'm
2: He's got. He's in seventeenth position with seventy points. That sounds yeah, all
0: right, considering. Yeah, it's almost the top half, so that's pretty. That's respectable. I'm assuming, Benny, we're in the very much the bottom half. Uh,
2: yes, I'm equal last, and uh, you are three above me.
0: Fantastic! how <laughs> How is it you've picked all three rounds and you are equal last?
2: Uh, so what have I got here? I'll tell you. Um, I got 15 points at A1. Uh, San Francisco, I got 10 points. And this week, I got five points.
0: Did you not have any of the people in the, the five uh, points, like the five pick places?
2: Well, I had Kenny in first position, and that was re- looking really good at one stage. Uh, I thought I was you know, going to do well. Uh, but that was – I had Kenny, Eli, Chase, Ferrandis. uh uh, ap so that's i think i got the only points i got were from him i think and then the wild card was anderson who got seventh and uh i think hunter got seventh so yeah that's yeah i think uh ap was the only points i got
0: yeah right that's where i don't like that's where i don't like that game at all at least you're gonna get points like you don't have to pick five or five or six guys in the end you're picking but you're essentially just picking the top five, and it's pretty hard to do that week in, week out, especially with Mudders. Um, that's where I find the this version, the Boatleg fan f- version, much much easier to follow along with, on It's so much simpler than Rocky Mountain for me.
3: Yeah, I think the, uh, the handicap approach that the, the Pulp game has makes it a lot – because like if we still talking about before, you can pick a, a – um, a privateer with a 16 handicap Like I picked Stapleton last week And you know He gets through to the main And pretty much guaranteed To get a good Good chunk of points um, And yeah Like I said It makes the, the The back half of the race A lot more interesting Whereas yeah This is Bloody hard to pick The top five Especially at the moment
0: Yeah And this week Will be just as difficult Again being a triple crown So Throw them all in a hat And just see what falls out of the bottom of it And that's Probably my picks If I remember to put any in At all that is So I actually think i well, will get a it On Monday <laughs>
2: well the good thing is you can it's eight in this week so no matter what because it's a triple crown so we can't uh you know we can't not get points this week
0: well you'd you'd have to remember that that i'm probably not going to pick after like right at that point i'm still going to probably pick earlier because i'm just that way inclined and come (laughs) never remember to pick right like double check my picks. so it doesn't this doesn't guarantee these things benny
2: yeah well that's true
0: you got to live on the edge sometimes. you got to actually do some other things in life and remember to pick tip fantasy. <laughs> uh, all good. All right, boys. Well, look, it's been awesome to um, catch up with Lachlan and thank him for his efforts here so far in this Always Moto Fantasy League and the, the bootleg side of things. Um, I hope he's okay. Actually, I should have checked this, Lockie, Are you okay with us calling a bootleg version or should we put like Lachlan in the name to you know sort of in your honor or...?
3: uh no like we can call it whatever we want i think
0: (laughs) all right we'll stick with bootleg for now until we come up with a better option um but yeah no we appreciate your efforts man it's it's very much appreciated that it's happening i honestly thought about doing it and i went there's no effing way i've got time to do that and do all the other stuff that i'm trying to do for the always moto stuff so i'm like when you suggested it i was like Happily, yes, you can go ahead and knock yourself out with that one. I don't have time for it, so I appreciate you. you've done it. And um, yeah, look, it's awesome. I'm, I'm sure everybody else is appreciative too. And yeah, hopefully, it just runs smoothly for you, and you don't have to lose too much hair across the season.
3: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. I think.
0: <laughs> no, awesome. Well, we'll thank uh, we'll quickly. Thank again, Coastal Motorcycle Centers and Health Tech Australia for their ongoing support with it, and and you guys and girls out there for listening, for being a part of it. If you're in the leagues. If you're not, send us a DM, um, get involved with the group chat, and we'll get you into the, the, the leagues. Um, you probably won't do well in our bootleg for the overall for Supercross, but we can get you a part of it and, yeah, start building it for um, building that up for our motocross side of things. So thanks for joining us, boys. Um, we'll, we'll leave it there. We'll take a quick break on the Always Moto podcast. Hey, this is Cole Thompson, and you're listening to Always Moto. All right, guys and girls, we are back. Thanks for sticking around on the Always Moto Podcast. We are moving into the emergency department. That's the part you come to this show for all the time. We're going to head into it. We're going to just check in on our riders. We had a few injuries last round in San Diego. I'm going to check out their availability. Now, we don't know all of that at this point, but we'll give you that info as we go. Now, all of these guys are training hard, trying to be fit and healthy, ready for each and every round. Now, if you want to get into that sort of program and be fit and healthy and improve your riding, Um, Competitive Edge Performance they're the go-to provider of strength and conditioning programs, sports nutrition and on-bike coaching for athletes of all levels whether you are just starting out or a seasoned pro, it doesn't matter, they have you covered they offer in-person sessions and top-notch online programs that are accessible anywhere anytime because they've got this awesome training app if you want to join Competitive Edge Performance, you should do it today. Always Moto Podcast listeners, they can get 50% off your first month on the training app using the code COMPEDGECOACH, that's C-O-M-P-E-D-G-E-C-O-A-C-H, all in capital letters. That'll get you that discount, but then you'll be, your training will be on point just like these pros, hopefully their training's on point as well, maybe if they should be talking to Competitive Edge Performance as well. Uh, but yeah, let's get into this emergency department right now the emergency department, all the injuries, all the gory details, and when they'll be back on track. It's the list you really don't want to be on. You do not want to be on this list, you never want to be on this list, but unfortunately these riders continue to be on this list. Now, let's start off with the things to note, because there's a bit of a, unfortunately the injuries this past week aren't necessarily going to be on the out-following injuries in San Diego list, because they're... We don't have all those details at this point. They're all still sort of on most of them. Unfortunately, a few of them are on concussion protocol. So they're all pending that five- to six-day window to then get cleared, ready to race Saturday. So it's sort of – we obviously record this midweek. We're a little bit ahead of that curve. We can talk about what we know, but we don't always know if they're going to be there. So let's start off with those press day crashes. Uh, Jet Lawrence, that crash that he had trying to jump that quad or – It's not even a quad. It was just a table onto a single, over two singles, and he just came up short. He did two and a half or three and a half, whichever way you want to look at it. I don't call a tabletop as a double. That's a single jump um, if you want to get into that argument. But he blew his hands off. I think that actually helped save him. I think he saw it coming. He braced. He managed to get himself off that as soon as it went sideways, and it was actually quite low speed. If you watch that takeoff... It wasn't like he was mid-rhythm doing it. He rolled one and then went for that section. So he only really got a little bit of speed. Uh, so he saved himself a lot. He managed to sprain his thumb or thumbses. Uh, and wrists, because I dare say all of that took some impact now I don't have any of this confirmed none of the paint team has been re- replying to those sorts of things obviously there's things that happen have happened since that are probably hiding them from the media or not hiding them from the media but they're not responding to all the media inquiries as they probably normally would But yes, he obviously rode on Saturday night and was fine. Whether he taped it, and look, if he had a tape, if he had a sprained thumb, sprained wrist, taping those things are quite easy to do if you know what you're doing uh, in terms of them being minimalistic tape, but then it's also quite supportive and would have given him enough support to do what he needed to do. If it is just a minor sprain, grade one, grade two, he will be absolutely fine within a week to two. If he had a torn it completely, he wouldn't have ridden it all. I doubt he would have made it through. So he's obviously got a minor, probably a grade one sprain. So it's one to two weeks. He'll be absolutely fine. He'll be doing therapy during the week um, just to make sure that it's settled. Probably tape it for a week to two and he will be absolutely fine so long as he doesn't have any major secondary incidents where he can potentially tear it further. So at this stage, Jet Lawrence will be absolutely fine. But that press day crash wasn't the prettiest thing I've seen all week. All right, uh, Mitchell Harrison, Team PRMX rider, um, unclear. I don't have details on what he's injured at this stage, but he had a big crash on press day as well. He managed to case a big quad, not the one that Jet was trying to attempt, but a different one. Uh, He smashed face-first into his bars, bounced off the side of the track. I wouldn't be surprised there's a concussion. I wouldn't be so surprised there's multiple other things that are sprained, broken, torn, whatever you want to say at that point. Uh, we'll find out more details on those i've reached out to mitchell but no response at this stage mitchell's usually pretty good he replies to us but yeah i dare say he's probably working through a few things at this point we'll bring more information hopefully next week or check out the youtube channel if we get it before then all right the other one that sort of popped up that wasn't from the race day as such but it was prior to that and we mentioned it earlier in the show that interview from kellen Brower on race X, where he mentioned adam Cincerulo mentioned himself about an injury that he occurred with contact with jorge prado at a1 may have resulted in a broken finger or a broken hand a bit of a depending on what that is we'll find try and find out more we've reached out the team kawasaki to try and find out if we can get confirmation on that we'll see how we go also reach out the ac as well but um don't usually get responses from AC uh, in DM. So we'll see how we go with the team there to get some information on what's going on. The other three injuries that happened across the weekend. Sorry, actually one was um, another one from press day. Tristan Lane, uh, unfortunately has had a concussion. He was attempting a quad. It seems as well, or well, going to attempt a quad got mixed up on a different rhythm prior to that. And, managed to knock himself out, or at least have a minor concussion. Now, so Tristan's on concussion protocol, and like I mentioned earlier, the AMA needs to have a bit of a look at that, but obviously he had it had a concussion bad enough that the medics attended and would have deemed him unsuitable to ride because he wasn't able to race the main event, like the Sunday, Sunday the Saturday program, so he was... Um, Put off before that from the press day incident so he'll be able to be checked in and hopefully be able to ride if everything clears up in time by anaheim 2 but there is always that chance that that minimum time frame that is required that five to six days is not able to be reached so we'll have to wait and see if he's able to be cleared in time for a2 on to race day there's two left Brayden Spangle, we've checked in with him, private rider number 113 on a Yamaha. Unfortunately, had a concussion as well, also on concussion protocol. He has confirmed with us that he's aiming to be back for A2, but again, it's dependent on him passing that concussion protocol. Billy Leninovich, that 132, our oldest rider in the 250 field, who's come back just in his 40s. um, Previous main event winner in the 250 class way, way back in 2015 five six whenever it was um billy unfortunately had that crash on the finish line jump managed to get wheel spin by look of it and case and then bounce off and then sort of get landed on by three other guys which was one of which was braden spangle um managed to miss out and get definitely copping a wheel just to the you know body face while he's laying onto or sitting onto the finish line down ramp there so he escaped some major stuff but he is very sore and sorry if you've seen his videos this week of him walking into the therapy he's not walking straight he's a bit hobbling along unfortunately for for billy we've checked in with billy he's doing pretty well, he's doing his therapy, he's just generally sore, Uh, his hip, his back, all that sort of stuff, he's all just sore, Uh, but he's doing a lot of therapy, getting a lot of massages, getting some hyperbaric chamber in, and look, I said to him, basically, doesn't matter if none of this stuff is really, you know, evidence proven as to getting a quick result, I'd just be doing everything I could be to get myself as good as I could do, um, even if it was just a placebo effect to make myself think that I was getting better so that I could try and get onto that race at A2. He's obviously, you know, just wanting to be a part of it again. Uh, but, yeah, he's doing all he can. He's hoping to ride press day. If he's not able to get into press day, he's hoping to ride Saturday. And whether he's able to complete that or not, we'll have to wait and see. But at this stage, he's aiming to be on track for Anaheim too. All right, our out following injuries, um, San Diego. Like I said, most of those we've just covered in the things to note. Um, happened prior to San Diego, which was Max Voland we've spoken about earlier. We don't have details on that. Again, the Cowie Voland camp, nothing's out of the, nothing's come out of them since then, um, but we expect him to be out for a little bit of time. No other injuries that are out from that week. Now, making returns from this week, Travis Olander didn't ride uh, as we thought he might have at San Diego, but we expect him to be back for Anaheim too. All... Others at this point in time, we've checked in with uh, Matt Bell from the HBI Racing Team. He's the team owner there. Checked in about Ty Masterpool. He's not going to return yet at Anaheim 2. He's going to still miss Detroit. That At this stage, their aim is Glendale, but that is still pending. So, And we're going to try and chat with Matt next week uh, and see how things are going from him. And the team and Ty and everything else in between, Caden Braswell as well, who's also on a recovery list from from, uh, an ACL repair, uh, who's also on Matt's team as well. So, yeah, hopefully we get Matt on, uh, a bit to talk about with him at this stage. But that's our updates. That's what we have this week for you in the emergency department. Uh, Hopefully our injury insight from myself as a physio is taken, you know, taken reasonably seriously but not also, you know, um, just reproduced. It's um, something that I work hard on to try and get these informations out and accurately out. Uh, obviously, we, like I said, we bring as much as we can, but sometimes we have to wait until the following week. So that's what we know at this point in time, people. That's what we've got for you. So thanks for licking, licking, listening. Got stuck on that word there. Listening to the Always Motor podcast brought to you by Leap Motor Australia um we'll be take a quick break and we'll hopefully like i said at the start of the show we record in a bit of a zigzag we don't always in a straight line hopefully we'll be back with an interview with doc smith um privateer gas gas rider and if we're not we'll be back and we'll talk about some other stuff before we close out the show thanks for listening guys and girls we'll be back shortly Aha, we forgot one on the list. It's written down and everything. We just worked straight past it. So we psych- We didn't go to break. We're going to go to a break in a sec. But Kevin Moranza, he also missed San Diego. Um, he had a midweek practice crash. We reached out to him, but he hasn't got back to us just yet, which is not like Kevin. He's usually pretty pretty up on this sort of stuff. But Kevin has had a bit of a crash in the whoops, it seemed, and just completely sore. Um, up and about, probably just got a bit of a sprain to his To everything, (laughs) Um, but he is hoping to be back shortly. We don't have details on when he will return, but he was out because of that practice crash midweek. Ideally, nothing is broken. He was moving around pretty well on track walk and in his prep gear. That he was, he had a very nice setup. Unfortunately, that he didn't get to run for the retro round there at San Diego, Um, but he had a nice video of his team colors and everything. Uh, on that KTM bit there, but um, yeah, he didn't get to run it, unfortunately. So he did look all right in those sorts of things. We'll hopefully get a response from him soon. Again, we'll bring that update as soon as we have it. All right, let's, um, well actually, before we go to break, let's fit in one more thing. Pivot Pegs. Pivot Pegs are supporting the show here with Always Moto Podcast. If you've ever worn out the soles of your boots way too quickly, um maybe you've slipped off a peg and you've just you know thought that that should be a bit sharper maybe you need a bit wider peg to give you a bit more support in your stance and let you move about on the bike better then pivot pegs are for you i've been running pivot pegs for years they are very very well put together peg very presentable very sharp right not too sharp but sharp super wide let you move around. They pivot as they name says. They pivot forward and back to let your boot sit flat on the peg more often than not and reduce the wear of your boot sole. They also help your leg positioning and help you reduce your fatigue of your legs throughout your ride because of that pivoting action. So if you want to get yourself a set of pivot pegs, you should go and check out their website, pivotpegswithaz.com. Get yourself a set of pivot pegs. All right, let's take a quick break on the Always Moto podcast. We'll be back with more.
1: Hey guys and girls, I'm Gage Linville and you're listening to
0: the Always Moto Podcast. Alright guys and girls, joining us this week on the Always Moto Podcast brought to you by Lee at Moto Australia. He's made a couple of night shows this year. He's riding the number 464 um, Privateer Gas Gas. He's backed by Smith Pro Rodeo and Z's Main Street. It's Doc Smith. How are we doing, Doc? Doing great. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm happy to have you on and ke- chat with you. But I got to ask straight off the bat, man. What is Z's Main Street, and how the hell do you have a rodeo backing you?
1: <laughs> so Z's Main Street is um, is is a family burger joint in Winsboro, Texas. That uh, I've known the owners pretty well, and they're gracious enough to help me out this year. And then Smith Rodeos is I uh, worked for them over the summer, and then. Uh, they uh, own, own the land that my training facility is on.
0: Oh, okay. That's an interesting little connection there that they, yeah, the yeah. land and the track. Yeah, that's nice. Do you get, um, I, I gather the burger joint, but it's probably not on the uh, diet regime at this point of the season for you. but uh, <laughs>
1: No, it's not.
0: <laughs> Definitely not. They're probably pretty tasty, but probably not this time of year. So, maybe you can have one once the season's done.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, how as... No, it's a...
0: Uh... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So how has this, this season so far been treating you? Obviously, came out West. Um, I think you said you're staying in California for this time period. Um, how's how's life out in California treating you? Man, it's
1: good. I mean, I didn't have the uh, off-season I would have hoped for, but uh, with like some health issues, I had a heat stroke and stuff like that. But, man, I'm loving being out West. Uh, some great people out here to be around and then uh, – I'm getting to race my dirt bike always.
0: Yeah, that's obviously always a, a positive side of things that you you're racing a dirt bike and that's that's the cool part of life, isn't it?
1: Oh yeah, I'm definitely living living the thing I've been dreaming of since I was four
0: oh that's really cool yeah well done on being able to do that but obviously these first three races probably haven't been the picturesque scene that you've been hoping for in terms of uh, being a privateer and and heading to a, a race you don't really want to see mud as a privateer not maybe you do if you're good in it but the after effects are probably not so fantastic for you
1: yeah no I was I mean pretty normal but uh after that, yeah, it, it's not fun to be doing on the cleanup crew after that, especially when you don't have a mechanic out here. It's it's pretty rough, but uh i to do what you got to do to stay racing.
0: So are you, like, literally doing all your own bike work during the week, like the wash and stuff after the event, just stripping down, cleaning whatever you uh, need to? That's that's all you?
1: Uh, everything. I had my father help me, a mechanic for me at – um a one, which I mean, there wasn't really much to do there. And then I didn't have anybody for San Francisco, but for San Diego, I had a buddy come out and help. And of course that helps a lot, but, uh, yeah, during the week and everything, it's, it's all me.
0: Yeah, that's got to be a big effort at the moment with all that clean-up. As, how far have you had to go into things in terms of, um, you know, pulling motors apart or anything because of, you know, I gather clutches have probably been fried, but everything else, how's it surviving so far?
1: um well, I mean, everything else is fine. I mean, Wheel's Motor Works has an amazing amazing motor that's really, really reliable, so I, uh, I can't have... I don't have enough good things to say about them, honestly. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're treating me very well. So, uh, yeah, not much on that. Just changing the whole blood lubricants helps me out with that. So, don't even really have to change it after these kind of hot motor weekends, but I do it anyways. Yep. And then, um, but yeah, just really other than the clutch, haven't had to do much to these
0: bikes. Well, that's that's better than I thought. Like, I've been talking to a couple of different team managers and they've just been saying they've been throwing away parts obviously these guys probably probably fanging the daylights out of them a bit yeah. a bit more than, than you knowing that you've got to work on it yourself next week but um oh yeah but yeah they're well, obviously then, throwing away lots of stuff yeah. so yeah if you're not doing that that's, that's well, a good thing I have thing.
1: like uh, chain sprockets I'm having to change as well so them sprockets on the weekend because honestly it wouldn't have been that bad but uh of course, it rained for the next two days after that, so we weren't going to be out in the rain watching a bike trying to get sick. So I just destroyed them all. A all, lot of surface rust on all of it.
0: Yeah. Oh. Oh, bit of come and go oh, there, good. but yeah. Just,
1: yeah. It yeah, is a lot of surface rust on everything, so I uh, just got to deal with that, putting the chain of on there. And she'll be good for the weekend.
0: Yeah, nice. So, how 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 confident are we? Obviously, these first few rounds have been a bit bit of a schmozzle in terms of not normal qualifying sessions. They've been reduced down to two – oh, sorry, one, um, you know, and then obviously we're going into a, a triple crown format. So, it's almost like it's all new again um, for round four. How's, how's things <laughs> looking this weekend? Are we confident we're going to get another night show in?
1: Uh, I mean, as much as I'd love to say, yes, we'll, we'll just have to see. I um – I'm very confident in my writing this year. I feel like I've made a lot of progr- uh, progression over the um, very, very short offse uh, very' very short like prep season I got. but um, yeah
0: what is what I have to see?
1: I uh, I know I'm good enough to do it. I just have to help. I just have to put it together myself, just get out of my own head.
0: is it is it easier this year having done? those few events last year and, you know, just knowing how the format goes, knowing what to expect on race day, rolling into the stadium and, you know, seeing the tough blocks and all the people, you know, that you're lining up next to. Has all that made it a bit simpler for you this year and, you know, maybe just made the – put the mind at ease a bit more about it all?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm a lot more comfortable this year than I have been the last um, – doing Futures in 22 and then racing last year um just be, i mean you're around the same same people same faces are around you consistently too so um they don't they don't seem to stress you out as much whenever you're around them as much as we are now
0: <laughs> yeah no it's obviously just I, I i would think that that familiarity just makes a big difference and obviously just getting more comfortable and more laps like obviously each time you you're turning a lap you, you're learning something about yourself your bike the track how to approach it it's got to get easier
1: Oh yeah, it definitely gets easier. It's, um, then it never gets easy. But it
0: definitely gets easier, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. It does. It's one of those convoluted sort of sentences, but it does make sense. And yeah, it's, um, it's all part of the, the experience, isn't it? So, but how, how's the weeks been? Like, have you been able to get much riding in, in between time between the events, um, you know, to get a bit more confident, comfortable on maybe, you know, California dirts and stuff? How's the, how's the complex you're staying at?
1: Um, well, Grindstone is just a place for you to, to stay and work on your bikes and stuff like that. There's no tracks actually out there,
0: Okay. So but, we um, we're within,
1: um, we're within like 15 minutes of Lake Elsinore, like, like, and Paula and stuff like that. So, um, we're not really having to drive very far to get some, some time on the track, but I haven't got to ride as much as I'd want to, just because, um, having to do things during the week and then like course it rained the last three days so some people hopped on some uh some tracks out today but they uh it was a it was a private thing in the morning and so the track was going to be roached after so i decided not to put that time on the race bike
0: have you only got the one bike with you at this point or is that the one that's ready to go at least at this point in time
1: uh so the race bike has a super cross suspension on it yep i have my my practice bike with moto suspension i Um, um i just i didn't swap it over because i know i i'm just going to get the one i'm going to ride tomorrow and then go to the race so we're just going to ride one day on supercross and then head out to the race weekend
0: yeah right private to your life it's not as uh smooth and as uh, comfortable as everyone sort of thinks it might be you just you're working hard and taking the opportunities when you can to get on the <clears> bike aren't you oh yeah i mean
1: I'm I'm gonna be honest. I haven't I haven't had to do too crazy much. I've had it pretty simple so far this year other than just the mud and stuff like that. Um so I uh I've been pretty pretty blessed for that, but um yeah,
0: it definitely isn't easy most of this time. <laughs> So what about the training side of things? Obviously, you're out in an area that you're probably not familiar with. Have you managed to hook up with a couple of the the guys and and do some sessions, or have you you know been soloing it in in a gym nearby, or or how's that all working out for you this in this sort of program too at the moment?
1: Yeah, so Carrie out of Grindstone has actually been gracious enough to uh, let me come out there and and work with her group that she has out there. So, yeah, I mean we're we're out there riding with the people that. I need to be riding with
0: yeah cool so that's yeah obviously there's some some speed in that too then
1: <laughs> oh yeah i mean we have uh is out there riding with me and then um oh my goodness he just he's on wash's bike now can't remember his name don't save my life max i just can't stanford oh yeah yeah, yeah. max stanford is out there as well so oh stanford yeah
0: yeah, no, that's cool. Okay. So there's a couple of guys there that are going to obviously have some pace, but like, are we getting the those those training off bike training sessions as well, or is that part of what you're doing with those guys?
1: Uh, I I'm just starting to figure out where and when I can go and stuff like that. But uh, I'm going to be very very direct. I um, haven't but I haven't done as much as I probably should have, <laughs> but we're we're still been here for a little
0: bit so we're going to keep her working so that yeah so you, you're going to be out in the, in the area for a bit longer then you there's um obviously a an east coast round kicking off here next weekend but then you're back into glendale isn't it so you're still just going to stay out for a bit longer
1: yeah so the plan right now is to um go to like we'll go to a2 i'll be here for the week off and then the, the rest of that week and then drive up to um Oh my goodness! Yeah, the race in Arizona. So we'll drive from the race in Arizona back to Texas after that. But we're in California until that race.
0: Yeah, nice. So you got probably what two weeks or so still to go. So yeah, and then you've got yeah. a bit of a gap. Are you you what's what's the plan for the rest of the season after that? Are we heading back one by one for the the couple that are around? Like they're all a bit more spread out after that, aren't they? But um, yeah, you, you still get into the rest of the West rounds. Is that the idea?
1: Yeah, that's the plan right now. Um I mean Smith Rodeos, they're helping me out a lot and uh I'm just I'm just kinda listening to what they have for me to do and then go from there.
0: Yeah, nice. Oh well, it's good to have some backers and supporters and a little bit of freedom in this too, I guess. You know, being able to get to these things is one thing, but being able to, you know, go and stay somewhere for a little bit longer and you know, just be comfortable in that environment too is, is awesome that they're allowing this for you. So that's that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's definitely they've given me a lot of freedom, and uh, that's 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 amazing. They they're being super awesome with everything, but um, so they they back uh, Tobush as well. Oh yeah. So, so I think for some of these farther rounds, I don't know for sure if it's gonna happen, but we might end up just connecting up together and going to those together. Just a yeah. to save everybody a bit of money
0: (laughs) well that would be handy wouldn't it that uh that uh privateer life the budget's only so big so yeah if you can pair partner up with someone (laughs) and take those longer drives together that's that's half the fuel bill isn't it
1: oh yeah i mean my i'm on my own now financially as well so it uh it definitely it definitely makes it a little nicer whenever you don't have to uh Pay all the fuel
0: bill. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. No, look, it's a that's an expense that's massive at these this time of, well, this time of year with the races, but just in this time of life at the moment, it seems that the fuel prices are ridiculous. So, yeah, it's um oh, yeah. an expense, man.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely not as not as cheap as we would like it to be, especially here in California. I mean, I filled my van up this morning, uh, and I had like a quarter tank left, and I spent like ninety dollars.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty quick and easy. There's 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 the money blowing out the window. So yeah, it's not not cheap at all. California is probably the worst for it, isn't it? Compared to how's Texas prices? Are they similar or
1: Ah, uh, Texas prices are like when I left Texas, the price of fuel was a uh, $3.23 and here it's like $4.60 <laughs> per per gallon, so
0: Oh, you got to love that California uh, that California higher prices and taxes and yeah it's fantastic yeah oh, well. it's
1: crazy honestly
0: well yeah look partnering up with someone for a couple of the rounds to split that expense would probably be a fantastic idea but it also might just make things a bit easier in terms of you know having a couple of people rolling around it might be a bit more fun as well so see how that all plans out man
1: oh yeah we're, we're I'm, I'm ready to see how everything ends up for the rest of the weekend yeah, nice. Sorry, I'm, I'm. we're out here playing
0: golf as well. So. <laughs> you do you're definitely living the moto life. You found a golf course in between the races. That's how it goes, isn't it?
1: Oh yeah. I mean I just got back into it after like eleven years of not playing, so <laughs> we're struggling, but
0: is the swing a bit rusty or not, how's it go?
1: Uh swing's very rusty. I think we're on a par four right now and I'm in... <laughs> Sorry, I bet he just had a crazy shot. <laughs> but uh we're on a par 4 right now and I'm on a bogey at the moment so and I still have about mm, 75 yards to the pin. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it's not looking promising for yeah. a good score on this on this round by the sounds of it. So <laughs> not at all. Oh look, man, that's look, you're enjoying the life, that's a good thing. Obviously some relaxing but um yeah, obviously business this weekend in terms of the race day. But we hope to see you in that um, night program. It's obviously a bit crazy in terms of qualifying through for it in a triple crown, but ideally it all goes well and you can uh experience another part of the supercross life, man, and hit a triple crown.
1: Oh yeah, I mean I'm I'm ready to put myself in one of these. I know all it takes is one good lap, but of course, everybody knows that so (laughs) we'll just have to see how she goes i'm i'm very confident in myself i know i can do it i just have to mentally get past that that little wall i built up i guess
0: yeah you just how's it go you just got to do it once and then you know you can do it so maybe this is the weekend where that's the one so hopefully it works out for you man
1: i appreciate it david
0: well, look, appreciate your time today on the Always Moto Podcast, brought to you by Leit Moto Australia. We'll um, check out the results and hopefully we see you on the TV this weekend at A2. Um, good luck, Doc. Thank you, David. No worries, man. Talk to you soon. You as well.
1: What's up, guys? Kevin Moran's here, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast.
0: All right, guys and girls, thanks for sticking around on the Always Moto Podcast brought to you by Leot Moto Australia. We're about to roll out of this thing, but we're going to give you the regular updates that we do at this point in the show about how to watch uh, on the Australian times uh, and a bit of a weather update. So this week's race back to Anaheim 2 for the Triple Crown, um race day live in australia on the east coast new south wales times by the way just to provide a proviso, queensland you're on a different schedule as per usual uh race day live is going to kick off at 7 a.m as per the super motocross app and racing is going to kick off from 12 30 p.m and this is sunday people australian time um so check those things out there for yourself um obviously the fantasy league the bootleg league is going to uh lock off at 12 30 p.m new south wales time as well so That'll be when you need to be sitting on the couch watching the racing. Now, weather for Anaheim too. Obviously, we've had these couple of crap rounds in a row, San Fran and San Diego. Ideally, there's no rain in this forecast at this stage. There is a 0% chance of rain for Anaheim, but it is only going to be 10 to 25 degrees. Keep in mind, it is winter over there, but this is California, uh, so it's a little bit warmer usually. By the time the night show is going to start, it's going to be about 22 degrees. Uh interestingly, they say in Anaheim that the moisture comes up in the evenings and it does. There's a bit more obviously the California desert. Once the the night comes, fall comes through, humidity kicks in. So throughout throughout the day it's 38% humidity, which is pretty low. But by the time the night program kicks off, it's gone up to 52% and it gets higher as the night program goes on. So hence the moisture on that top level. So maybe the track. That's where they get those comments about the track being slick in the evening as the night progresses because that moisture just sort of sits in the top layer of the dirt and you get that shiny line that they get at Anaheim. Um, for the supercross events from that california dirt so interesting stuff to know there but yeah that's the weather update for anaheim too hopefully fingers crossed that hasn't changed or and doesn't change in terms of wet weather because that would just be another nightmare for all these guys as we we're just talking to doc he'd probably looking forward to not having a wet round as a privateer as well so just more work for him basically more cleaning all right great show this week guys and girls thanks for listening thanks for sticking around and being a part of the always moto system here Don't forget to get those t-shirt orders in, email info at alwaysmoto.com. Follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things moto, particularly the injuries in our sport. Um, So search Always Moto, follow and subscribe. Leave a feedback if you can. And guys and girls out there, share the page, share the um, YouTube channel. Get some more people listening. It will be very much appreciated on my end. Make sure you subscribe to that podcast feed, um, YouTube channel, all those things, leaving thumbs up, please. Just... Be a part of it, engage, leave a comment on post. It, it, it's part of being in this motor community. Jump in there, be a part of it with Always Moto. Don't forget to check out our written articles over at fullnoise.com.au. But that's it for another show. Thanks to Elite Moto Australia, Pivot Pegs, Competitive Edge Performance, Slant Board Guy, Endurance Recovery Boots, and Tech 167 3D Printing for the show support. And if you haven't already got something from Tech 167, you should do. You need to get something cool printed up for your bike. They've got brake handles, fu- threaded fuel funnels not fuel funnels, oil fill funnels. They've got all sorts of stuff they can print for your bike. So check out Tech 167. Let them know you're a listener and they'll hook you up with a bit of a discount as well. Thanks for you guys and girls for listening. Thanks to the wife and kids for letting me get this done. Remember, you've got to be smooth to be fast because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you deep in the emergency department, maybe even the clinic, having strapping tape thrown, wherever it will stick.